uh, Rahim, a, Rahim is actually a, a platform that allows community members to, to canvas and actually chronicle their experiences with police. And so now you have a purpose. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street. And now, more Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. Greetings. Welcome back to Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. It's the 102nd edition of our show. We're focused today on this idea of building wealth, and our next guest is Charles Corporal. He is passionate about revolution, not the bloody riots that mar cities and countries, but the opportunities we all have for personal and global transformation. As an educator for the last 20 years, Charles has worked to change the trajectories of America's most precious demographics. Charles taught middle school social studies, coached baseball, and had the fortunate experience of teaching psychology at Green Run High school, his alma mater. Charles later earned his PhD in psychological science from Tulane, where he focused on resilient outcomes for boys and men of color. After successful tenure as a professor, Charles believed there was more to sitting behind a desk and writing about how things should be. Thus, he started his social venture, where he worked to bring racial and gender equity to the consciousness of organizations around the country. Welcome to the show, Mr. Corporal. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm super excited to to have you today. So let's talk about your current work, Camelback Ventures. What is it that you do um, through the organization? So Camelback Ventures is a wonderful organization founded by our CEO, Ann Walker, uh, in New Orleans. And what we do is we believe that genius is equally distributed, but opportunity is not. And what we do is that we vet, source, and fund uh, entrepreneurs that are women and of color. And we give them capital, coaching, connection, curriculum, and community to allow them to actually amplify and intensify their ventures. If you think about the the amount of investments that go into women and people of color, they're almost less than 2% of all of the investments that go into um, ventures that are created across the country, across the world. And so we're trying to ensure that people who think about these robust ideas that also have a social impact, as you talk about in your show, have the ability to to stand up their organizations and get the necessary resources that they need to actually be successful. So it's a wonderful job. And what we did back in the summer of this year was knowing that COVID was going to hit and back in the recession of 2008-2009, almost half of, of these small businesses that were begun by women and people of color actually failed. And so we said we were not going to right allow this to happen for our ventures so we started an alumni relief effort where we have the ability to bring a ton of resources from all over the country whether it be monetary or in-kind services to help them build up and bolster their ventures wonderful love the platform and certainly uh, in harmony in terms of the vision um, a lot of the work that we do with black brand is around responding to the same the same need so glad to know that that camelback is a thing um, can you speak a little bit in terms of uh, the application process how does an entrepreneur go about uh, getting involved 
Right. That's a great question, Blair. Um, usually, in a normal normal situation, I would be mired in applications right now. Application cycle usually opens in early August. Um, last year, over the, over the last two years, we've had an application process where we had 500 ventures that were created by women and people of color apply for hey. campsite ventures. Yeah. Um, what we've tried to do in our application process, my colleague Caroline, Caroline Lukwicki, who basically heads that effort is that we try to make it equitable. Many times when you apply to an organization is this long written application. But knowing that, you know, some people are better in front of the camera player. Uh, some people are written, some people are oral. Um, and so we've made this process equitable and so people can choose the format that they'd like to apply with. And so there's certain questions that we ask about the state of the venture, their value proposition and their problem statement, the market that they're actually venturing into, how well do they know their industry. And as they move through the application process, we want to know, right, have they actually engaged with their communities? What are the communities actually saying about them? So as we're making this decision about our investments in the cap and the social capital that we're going to invest, that we know that they're going back and actually working with the markets and the industries and the, and the customers that they actually say they are, and they're actually making some impact. The last part of the last two parts of the application process is just we bring in experts from across the country, as well as our team who has expertise in entrepreneurship to make the final decision. Good. Okay. Let me ask you about this one particular category that you fund, uh, Conscious Tech. <laughs> what is Conscious Tech? That's an interesting thing, sir. We are actually still uh, in the, the testing phase of that, and we're trying to figure that out ourselves. And so our initial hypothesis is looking at those ventures that are creating robust technology for BIPOC, the BIPOC community. And so thinking about, I think about Brandon Anderson with Raheem, which, you know, in this time of policing and over-policing for people of color, uh, Raheem, Raheem is actually a, a platform that allows community members to, to canvas and actually chronicle their experiences with police. And so now communities have all of this big data, which I love, Blair, is the ability to use data to actually impact policy or to create policy. And so Raheem is this policing app, this community app that actually involves policing. And so now, as community activists go in and want to work with policing organizations, they're saying these are the interactions that are happening in our community. It's not like there's the subjective nature to it. We're saying we've got the data. Now let's talk about how do we shift if the, the interactions are nefarious. How do we shift policy? Like how do we change the attitudes and actions of our policing force? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I'm just perusing the Camelback <laughs> Ventures website. And so you're funding entrepreneurs from all over the country, not just yeah. the New Orleans area where the organization is founded. That's correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Okay. I noticed, too, uh, one of the differentiators with Camelback is that you know, not only are you funding for-profit ventures, but you're funding nonprofits as well. What went yeah. into the decision to um, give serious consideration to nonprofit entities? So I know that that tends to be a rarity in the in the VC world. 
Right, right. So we're not we're not a traditional VC, you know. We as we think about this, uh, we know that many times um, um, Black and Indigenous people of color are creating organizations that, you know, are in line with their values and goals of their communities that they serve. And so, nonprofit organizations have been the staple of, you know, Black and Indigenous people of color communities for for decades. And so, we saw this opportunity to make investments for founders who were starting, you know, at this early phase of the nonprofit world and saying, hey, you have a great idea that potentially has a larger impact in a community. And so there are certain communities around the country that we've invested in, New York, New Orleans, Chicago, L.A., Oakland, uh, Birmingham, that we're seeing that there needs to be a tremendous impact. And we also invest in charter schools. And so we're seeing this charter school growth movement across the country. We've been left out, and many of the schools that have been created are not haven't been created by us. And so we've invested in almost 20 charter schools over the last six years, and many of those schools are now open and impacting the individual communities that they serve. Mm. Powerful. <laughs> plainly, plainly, but I'm, I'm um, still perusing the site and, and looking here at your impact and some of the research that you all have brought to bear through your efforts. Um, powerful work that is, you know, I know you've identified certain communities that could benefit uh, perhaps more than others or that are in uh, more dire straits than others, but um, thinking about the conditions of particularly uh, people of African descent here in the U.S., I feel like there's certainly a, a national need um, for for this kind of effort. What is long-term, five, ten years out for Camelback Ventures? Is the intention to kind of set up shop in uh, in every state, or, or what, what's your thinking there? Um. I don't think it's, it's for us to create, uh, to shut up shop in every state. I think that as an organization and what we're seeing now with the pandemic is that you can be remote and still have, you know, a robust impact all across the country, all across the world. Oh. Our vision is to, yeah, our vision is to have livable communities, livable communities with living wage jobs that are created by women and uh, people of color. And so when we think about livable communities, and you're thinking about, you know, as you read in my bio, I grew up in Green, I grew up in Virginia Beach in Green Run. Um, right. I, my parents have lived in that house for 50 years. You know, being able to get up and have a middle class to upper class income where you can send your children to school. They also, and where they go to school, they're getting a quality education. You know, I think about Green Run High School and what it meant to me um, back in the late 80s and 90s, uh, in early 90s, where, you know, Virginia Beach at this time you know, was a racist city and, and created a uh, a diagram where the black kids had most of the black kids had to go to Green Run. Mm-hmm. It was a mistake on the school board's part because what they did was create a juggernaut uh, in Green Run High School. You know, basically from '85 to '91 until Salem opened. And what happened with our principal Wiley French is that he created an equitable environment for students, and so my worldview was created there. How I see equity now was created in that school. So we want to have that similarity where 
people are living and going to schools where children see the vastness and the creativity of everyone. To be able to understand what it means to eat lumpia with your Filipino colleagues, right? To go to the soul food restaurant and, and, and eat with us, right? Uh, to break bread with anyone and to have conversations and to understand the vastness of our differences, but also about our similarities. And so when we think about livable wage jobs, we're not talking about $8.50 an hour, Blair. We're talking about $15 and up where people can buy homes when they don't have to rely on rental incomes or rental where we're making other people rich. Now, I'm not saying I'm a landlord myself, but to have a livable wage job where you can take care of your family and yourself. And so that is at the crux of everything that we do is that we want to make sure that our people have communities to go home, that they're happy, that our, their children are schooled, and they actually have really good jobs. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Just thinking about you know, this year and uh, seeing so many new efforts um, get going, you know, in light of um, in light of what we see in in the media, uh, and and just grateful to know that there are entities like yours who. Um, to see the value in these these spaces. Uh, what else would you say? How can we connect with you? Um, how can we connect with Camelback uh, for going forward? You can always go to camelbackventures.org uh, and see all of the great ventures, the 84 ventures that we have funded over the last couple of years. Uh, our CEO, Aaron Walker, has written a, a number of articles about the education landscape uh, that we have going on and how Camelback fits into that landscape. We're on all, all social media, whether Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Please check us out. Uh, but I would, you know, if you're thinking about the opportunity to invest, you know, um, for all for all, all the Hampton grads that have created livable communities, livable wage jobs. This is an opportunity to also invest in uh, in ventures that are built by women and people of color. So there's opportunities to be a part of that, or even investing in Camelback Ventures as we think about how we ensure that we continue to have the ability to bring in robust ventures and to give them the resources that they need to actually be ruthless for good. And that's one of our mantras, that we want our ventures to be ruthless for good. I love it. Okay. Anything else you would share? Got about it. Um, no, we are good. I just appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Shout out to my frat brother, Shaco Vonner, who put us together, the good brothers of Omega Psi. I thought that it had something to do with Shaco. <laughs> That's fantastic. And he is yeah. he's amazing. I saw the Green Run connection, and I said, well, mm-hmm. maybe Shaco has something to do with it. Well, certainly, yeah. there are... Um, many ways for us to remain connected, particularly as Black Brand moves forward to um, build a community development financial institution and put together VCs for, uh, for opportunities in Hampton Road. So I will definitely remain connected with you on that wise. And of course, you are uh, welcome to come back to the show and, and talk with us Thank about the progress so at, at Camelback. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity, Blair. You're welcome. Thank you so much. This show is brought to you by Positive Vibes Incorporated, our consulting services. We do credit fixes, tax resolution, we lend private money to real estate investors, and we do debt consolidations. Basically, we put money in your pocket when you need money. 
You put money in your pocket when you need money. 757-932-0177. Throughout the United States, credit fixes, tax resolution, lending private money to real estate investors, and debt consolidation. 757-932-0177. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black Wall Street. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black.